Welcome back to the Biblical Principles Podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for allowing me an opportunity to be a part of your life. Uh, We're going to be dealing with the judgment seat of Christ today, and this will probably be several several different podcasts we'll record on this. I don't know if we're going to do two, three, or four, depending on how deep the study gets, but we will will at least have two. So um, if I don't answer your question about the judgment seat today, um, give it some time, and there's a possibility throughout the course of this study I'll get to an answer to the question that you might have. If you have your Bible, if you can find your place there in the book of Revelations, chapter number 4, the book of the Revelation, chapter number 4. But first, I do want to make it very clear that everybody that will stand at the judgment seat of Christ is saved. These these are born-again children of God. There will be no lost people at the judgment seat of Christ. All lost people will be judged at the great white throne judgment. I also want to make it very clear that we will not be dealing we will not be dealing with sin at this judgment. This judgment will be dealing with the rewards for the believers on how they live their life here on earth as a Christian. That's what they'll be judged they'll be judged for. Understanding this too that their shortcomings will be judged, but they will not be held accountable as a sinner before God. Reason being, they're saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we will never again be condemned as a sinner in the eyes of God because Jesus paid our sin debt full and free when he died on the cross. I did want to read something out of a book. This is by Arthur Pridham. Arthur Pridham, and um, this kind of gives a good picture. I thought this was good. Instead of trying to explain it, I just wanted to read it. Well, this gives a good picture of what the believer looks like when he stands before God. He says, A saint will never again come into judgment on account of his natural or inherited iniquity, for he is already dead judicially with Christ and is no longer known or dealt with on the footing of his natural responsibility. As a man, he has been weighed and found wanting. He was born under condemnation to a natural heritage of wrath, and nothing good has been discovered in his flesh. But his guilt has been obliterated by the blood of the Redeemer, and he is freely and justly pardoned for his Savior's sake. Because Christ is risen from the dead, he is no longer in his sins." He is justified by faith and is presented in the name and on the merits of the just one before God. And of this new and ever-blessed title to acceptance, the Holy Spirit is the living seal and witness. Into judgment, therefore, on his own account, he cannot come. Meaning very simply that at the judgment seat of Christ, we won't be held accountable as a sinner Why? Because our sins were dealt with on Calvary. Now, as we get into the book of Revelation there in chapter number 4, there's two things I want you to notice about these scriptures. Uh, Number one is going to be the place that's going to be found in Revelations 4, verses 2 through 11. And the second thing is the people that's going to be found in Revelation 5, verses 9 through 13. I do want you to understand that as we... As we deal with the book of the Revelation, we're dealing with a part here of what John saw of the judgment seat of Christ. 
we will have to go through the rest of the Bible to find exactly what happens at the judgment seat. Why? Because the Bible is one book with one continuous theme throughout the whole entire book. So everything about the judgment seat is not going to be found here. But this is the time and the place of the judgment seat. So let's begin our reading in verse number 2. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Of course, that's Jesus sitting on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardis stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in the sight like unto an emerald. So we see there in verse number two, it's a very glorious, very beautiful sight that John the Beloved here is seeing. Uh, these stones are extremely valuable. And notice in the background, you see a rainbow in the sight like unto an emerald. So it was a very, very beautiful sight. Verse number four. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. So as John was beholding this throne, he noticed that around the throne there was four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. Now, this is not a jury trial, but these people are present at the judgment seat. I personally believe that this is the 12 disciples or the 12 apostles of the Lamb and one person from each tribe, from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. Verse number five, And out of the thrones proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal, so as we look at the throne, we see, we see all of these glorious things, but it appears to me, contextually as I look at this, that before the throne, there is a giant piece of crystal. Um, it's, it looks like a sea of glass is how John describes it. I believe this will be the place where the believer is called to stand before God. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had the face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him. And they are, were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. So we see, uh, it, by way of background here at the, at the judgment seat of Christ, we notice that there's four different beasts, and they have eyes within and without. And as we try to look into these, the one thing that we can definitely see is that they've looked at Jesus from every angle with all those eyes, and all they can say about him is, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And when that transpires, when they say that, 
these 24 elders fall down and cast their crowns at his feet, giving us a picture of what it is that the believer will be doing at the judgment seat of Christ after he's judged. And the reason is because all the honor and all the glory goes to Jesus Christ. And then I want to show you the people at the judgment seat, the people. Of course, you're going to flip over one chapter in the book of the Revelation, chapter number five, and I want to begin reading in verse number nine. The Bible says, and they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. You'll notice here again that these people are given Jesus the honor and the glory for everything that was done. Verse number 10, And has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Now, of course, that's talking about during the millennial reign of Christ. The believer will be a will be a, a, a priest. He'll he'll have the position of if you notice it's a it's a lowercase king, but it is a it is a low it is a king, and we shall reign on the earth. We're going to rule and reign with Christ. Verse number eleven. And I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders. Now, this is where the multitude of people comes in. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessings. What these people are doing in this place is they're worshiping the Lord. The Lord, is, the Lord is passing out rewards to those saints that have been faithful here on earth, to those that have done His will, to those that have glorified His name, to those that have finished their race and their course with joy. And I want you to notice that um, there, there, is a, there is a time period here where the believer will have to stand before God. But the whole theme and the whole, the whole point of the judgment seat of Christ is to bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I do want to show you the, when the Lord comes back, if you want to flip over to the book of Revelation, chapter number 22, the book of the Revelation, chapter number 22, and verse number 12 I want to show you when the Lord comes back in the rapture, we released the podcast on the rapture last week, that he's coming back for his children, but right after he comes back, his children will be judged. If you notice, Revelation 4.1 is the rapture, and then Revelation 4.2, the judgment state starts. So I do want, I, I want to stress the fact that I am a premillennialist, believing that the church and all the believers will be raptured out before the tribulation period. Revelation twenty-two twelve says this, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. And when he comes, he's bringing, when Jesus comes, he's bringing his reward with him. To give to every man according as his work shall be. Of course, we'll deal probably in the second podcast with the book of Corinthians, where the judgment seat of Christ is dealt with in depth. But I do want to try to prove and show you that Jesus, when he comes back, is bringing his reward with him. Luke chapter 14, verse 14. 
The book of Luke chapter 14, verse 14. The Bible says, And thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. Now, of course, if you read the context of Luke 14, this is talking about people who cared about other people. And Jesus says this, they'll be, they will be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. Now, of course, that's the rapture of the church. The time period between the rapture and the judgment seat of Christ is a very short period. Why? Because as soon as the church is raptured, as soon as the believers are raptured, the, the judgment seat of Christ will take place. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 8. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 8. And we're dealing here with the Apostle Paul as he's closing his epistle to Timothy. And he realizes that his time is short. And this is what he says. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Now, of course, this is the crown of righteousness, which you receive for loving the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ or looking for him to come back. In the next couple of weeks, we'll be releasing a podcast on crowns, and we'll deal with this verse a little more in depth. But right there in the middle of the verse, it says, The Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. What day is he talking about? The day that the Lord comes back. He's bringing his rewards with him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 10, the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 10, the Bible says this, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one of us may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Meaning very simply that every believer is going to have to stand at the judgment seat of Christ. And the reason for standing at the judgment seat is not to be judged for sin. It's to be judged for the things done in his body according to that he hath done, what he did, whether it's good or bad. He's going to have to stand and give an account to God for it. Um, it's not going to be necessarily a happy time. I believe there'll be tears shed at the judgment seat of Christ. I believe we as believers, I believe myself, will pro will definitely be ashamed for some of the things that I did as a saved person. Because when the end of time comes and you stand before God, it's not going to matter how big of a house you had or how nice of a car you had. And I, and I don't got no problem with you having a big house or a nice car. It doesn't matter how nice your clothes are. It doesn't matter how much money you put in your 401k, and I believe those things are important. Don't think that I'm against investing or saving money or taking care of your family. But when we stand before God, the only thing that's going to be important is what we did for Him, whether it's good or whether it's bad. The book of John chapter 5 and verse number 22, John 5, 22 the Bible says, For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. You're not necessarily going to be standing before God the Father. You're standing before the Son. You're standing before the one who died on a cross for you, who bought, who bought your salvation full and free. With his own blood, he purged our iniquity. And we are going to have to stand accountable to him for how we lived here on earth. 
after he paid the greatest price that could ever be paid for our souls. It seems as if some of the things that we fret and trouble ourselves over are kind of trivial when you look at it that way, knowing that the only hope that we have is that is found in him, and then you're going to have to stand, and I'm going to have to stand accountable to him for how we lived here on earth. Romans chapter 14 and verse number 10, the book of Romans chapter 14 and verse number 10. The Bible says, but why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You know, a lot of times as Christians, we're so quick to find the flaws and the, and the chinks in the armor of our fellow believers. But Jesus asked this question. He said, why do you judge your brother? Why do you set your brother at naught? He said this. He said, for we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I don't have to worry about judging you, and you don't have to worry about judging me. And that's not talking about if I'm living in sin, you need to judge me. If I'm doing something contrary to the Word of God, you need to judge me. Sometimes we take judgment a little too far. No, if, if you see me smoking cigarettes, you can mark, mark down that there is something wrong in my life and you need, to, you need to tell me that I'm doing wrong. What this is talking about is how we spend so much time as believers worried about what everybody else is doing, when in reality, when we stand before God, it won't be everybody else. It'll be us and God at the judgment seat of Christ. I want to thank you again for joining us today for the podcast. I do appreciate all your comments and concerns that you send over by email. You can get a hold of us at biblicalprinciples at juno.com. That's all lowercase letters, biblicalprinciples at juno.com. And I'm trying to get the questions answered for sharpening the sword. And if you have a question out of the Word of God, you can submit that to us by email and we'll, we'll answer it on the Sharpening the Sword podcast. Thank you again for listening, and have a blessed day.